Hey everyone, you're about to listen to part two of an episode with Josh Jackson and Janine Pastores, co-creators of Tubby Nugget. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, please check out the last episode and then come back here to listen to part two. Let's jump back into the interview. I do want to go back on your path toward even earlier than when you guys launched Tubby, because I think several factors in each of your pasts contribute to the creativity that you have today and the perspective that you have today and especially the relationships you have today, namely with each other. (laughs) So, Josh. Yeah. You grew up with Brian M. Tang, who we interviewed in the first episode of this podcast, and he told us a little bit about, on that episode, Stop Motion Club, and how you had a group of collaborators in New Jersey that would all get together and make things, which I think really speaks to your mindset that you talked about more recently of wanting to just be around people that want to make cool things. Right. Can you speak to how that experience affected you? Yeah, no, I think whenever me and Brian and Faith, uh, Faith is also one of our collaborators and she's also in LA as well. Think back on those days when we were high school kids and just going around making films. It's only the fondest memories, you know, and I think it taught us early on what it's like to be in a really fun, creative collaborative environments you know where we're just all down just to make stuff this was the year 2012 right and we there must have been like 12 different projects you know the for context the following years when i moved to la i maybe did one creative project a year you know and in 2012 we were just making there's so many things we're making it was so much fun and we had i think yeah just learning to work together right and it's it's kind of cool because back even back then we all we all the three of us talked about moving to LA you know and like oh it would be cool if we all moved to LA one day and worked in the creative fields and and now that that's what's happened it's crazy that that it's a reality now you know and obviously everyone's thriving too you know? and then I think yeah just going into going into LA and moving here with with everyone was definitely intimidating you know but I think we really drew from those experiences we had early on and oh we always look back at it fondly we're like man those were the simple days you know we would just make stuff and in a way we're constantly chasing that right we're constantly chasing the simplicity of we just want to make stuff we don't want to we don't really want to worry about contracts or how we're gonna finance this you know we just want to figure out cool ways to make things you know and I think that's really, that's where the creativity thrives, you know, once you get rid of all the businessy stuff of it. You, that's important. The business side is important because you need, you know, you need you need to, you know, live and make money <laughs> off these things. But ultimately, yeah, we, we love, uh, it's, it's, a, it's just fond memories we, that we think back on. It also goes back to what you were saying about how the successful form of your creativity comes from a distilled version that isn't so caught up in fear. And obviously... Yeah. It's difficult to have the fear of needing to pay rent when you do yeah. not have to pay it as a as a child, you know. Yes. But that was very helpful to not have to pay rent <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. So true. And yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the big challenge as you know to be a creative to have like creative careers or be creative entrepreneurs is you it's every day is like a constant battle against your fears like oh checking your bank account is there enough money you know and that can easily you know infect your mind and starts affecting the decisions you make going forward which may not be the best decision you know because oftentimes the best decisions are ones that are made out of uh, joy and excitement and inspiration you know but when you have when you add fear and anxiety and stress into the mix very common uh, feelings, especially for people living in L.A. trying to make, you know, trying to make it. Those feelings just don't mix. Like, have you ever felt stressed and and, you know, inspired or joy, joyful at the same time? It doesn't mix, you know. Mm. And uh, I think something. Yeah. Again, throwing back to Eugene, what's something he told us early on is like you, you're either in this like executive state of mind where you're joyful you're creative you're inspired you're motivated you're energized or you're in a survival state of mind where you're anxious you're you know you're you're stressed and whatnot and that survival state of mind is useful sometimes you know like it's you know you 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 know it's sometimes you you know you need that kick in the kicking kick in the butt to like you know really you know make sure you're providing for yourself and whatnot but really all the good things you want as a creative person come from this other state of mind that is that is rejects the fear rejects the you know anxiety you know 
And so, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the mental battle. And I don't think, I, I feel like, yeah, there are a lot of people in the creative field talk about it, you know, maybe some people haven't, you know, experienced it yet, you know, but it's like, that's really what we find helps our creativity the most, you know? And, yeah. yeah. And okay. So then to get from New Jersey to mm-hmm. LA. Yeah. Were you ever considering attending college? Earlier, we joked you went to USC. You did yeah. not. You were an honorary Trojan, but you decided to just dive right into work. Yeah. What was um, that decision process like? So, yeah, it's, man, this is bringing me back because I, yeah, when I was, I was for context, I was homeschooled throughout my entire life. My parents uh, were wanted a very uh, controlled school environment, and they so they decided to homeschool me and my four other siblings. Um, and when I got to like, when I was like 16, 17 years old, I kind of knew that I didn't want to go to college. I want, I knew I wanted to be, uh, work in the arts and I was like, okay, this doesn't seem that worth it. So there were several factors, right. Of of me not going to college at all. One was I was seeing my friends who, who were like four years older than me. And they were graduating college and, you know, they were having a tough time finding jobs. And I was just like, wait, wait, wait. So college, I'm going to pay all this money for college and it doesn't even insure me a job. It doesn't seem like a great return on investment here, you know? <laughs> and um, this is literally my thought process at 16 years old. And then secondly, I knew I wanted to go into the arts. And so I was like, I think I just, I don't need a degree saying that I know how to like make films or I, I can draw. I think I should just draw and make films and that will be my degree, you know, because I had a demo reel for the longest time and that was the way I got jobs. I just sent people my demo reel. I'm like, hey, this is what I can do. And they're like, okay, cool. You're hired, you know, and never, Mm -hmm. never at once. And I think this is most people's experience. Like how many times you have to like show your degree, you know? Yeah. Some people like require a bachelor's degree for jobs. And I was not able to get those jobs, but I mean, like, what kind of jobs were those? I don't even know. They were like, it was probably like jobs that I probably didn't even want to do to begin with, you know, just probably like, like corporate. Yeah. But for like editing, for like creative jobs, like editing or visual effects, people are like, yeah, if you can do it, come on board, you know? And then the last uh, reason was because I had four younger siblings. I was like, okay, my parents are probably going to need a lot of money to put these people through college. If I'm already feeling like I'm not going to go to college, I might as well not go. So, you know, my siblings, there's more funds for... It's a very adult way to think about these things at 16. Yeah, I had a lot of pressure put on me at 16. (laughs) Oh, eldest child. I I felt a lot of pressure at 16 to be like, you know, the oldest. Because I'm not just the oldest of my siblings. I'm also the oldest out of all my cousins on my dad's side of the family. He has Mm. 26 cousins. Wow. First cousins. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah. Love them all, but oh my gosh, it's a big family. So yeah. pr- practice for be- becoming a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had come out to LA to do the Jubilee Fellowship before you made the big move, correct? Well, yes. Well, actually, what had happened when we first met was when I, because Brian, my my friend Brian, who I you know made films of all throughout high school, he, I decided not to go to college, but he got into USC. Right. And if you if you listen, go back to his podcast episode, <laughs> you can hear his entire story. And that's where he met uh, Joseph Yao, you know, he, he met Michael Ritter, like those all his friends, you know, and obviously you were also a very close friend of his as well. And so um, you being Rebecca, you being Rebecca Doyle, <laughs> soon to be Janine as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so when when I I kind of saw him having so much fun, he was like meeting Mark Hamo. He was like hanging out. Uh, he's he's like he saw the Batmobile. I was like, man, that kind of looks like fun. And I was like, I kind of want let me let me just go out to L.A. for like a couple months and see what it's like. You know, I have thirteen thousand dollars in my bank account. I can survive a month or two. You know, so I literally. Flew out to LA, worked on a bunch of like student films that you guys were working on, met all of it, met everyone, met Jane, met like the whole crew. Um, and, and then, um, I was like, okay, I think I kind of want to move here. And during that time, that's when I got accepted into the Jubilee Fellowship Program. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to go back to New Jersey for the summer, have one final goodbye to everyone, you know, uh, to all my family. Because literally all my family is in Jersey, you know, and a lot of, obviously most of my friends there too. And so I went back for the summer. Then I booked a one-way plane ticket back to California to attend the Jubilee Fellowship Program where I met Janine. 
and uh, haven't looked back since. So. And to give some context to people unfamiliar with Jubilee. So yes. at that time, what is now Jubilee Media was Jubilee Project. Yeah, it was a nonprofit dedicated to making short films for good causes. And so they had a fellowship program every year, uh, no longer running, unfortunately, but they would bring 12 filmmakers from around the world and um, put them together and make just everyone would make a film together for like two weeks. It was kind of like my junior thesis project because I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> and this was 2015? Yeah, okay. 2015, yeah. Okay. So Janine, let's get you to that point as well. So all right. Your creative interest started, I mean, early on, elementary school, supported mm-hmm. by your parents. You said that your teacher had to add to the reading resources in your classrooms because you were a nerd. <laughs> I love that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Super nerdy. Um, my first grade teacher, shout out to Mr. Levine, even and my third grade teacher, great school, uh, Mrs. Ashley, they played such a big role in me loving creativity and loving storytelling. Mr. Levine was the one who introduced me to novels and really encouraged my passion for reading. And Mrs. Ashley was the one who really encouraged me to write. And so she was the one who had every one of her students just always answering deeper questions. And she just she just really embraced how smart children can be and how introspective they can be when asked the right questions. Mm. And so, yeah, she's I think about her all the time. And this is in Southern California. Yes. Correct? What school uh, is this? Castic Elementary School. So I have no idea if they're still working there, but both of them incredible teachers and I really credit them for I like I was the only one of the only Asian kids in that school it was like 99% white school and they saw how afraid I was to come out of my shell and be myself and saw those struggles but saw that I also had a voice that deserved to be heard and I really credit them to giving me that confidence at that age Mm. um and yeah and also for telling my parents that hey your kid is very like very much probably gonna go into english or reading or something because i wasn't like bad at math i was was pretty i was decent it just nothing exceptional and but you had a 4.0 in high school see i i I find (laughs) that you have yeah 4.0 in high school i did i find that you have this this idea that a lot of people with 4.0s have it goes like this because (laughs) math isn't incredibly easy for me the way that english is that means i'm bad at it even though i got an a well i will say the only reason okay this is why i have to shout out my high school uh, honors algebra 2 teacher that was a big mistake i was good at geometry like super good at that went to honors algebra 2 i she passed me because she had mercy on me like that's I, I that's when With I knew. An a. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. See, if you have an honors or AP class, that bumps it up like an extra two points oh, for your GPA. Wait, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I had to ace like double ace all my other classes to make up for the C plus that I had in honors algebra two. It was a disaster. Anyways, thank you for that. Um, in which high school is this? This is Bishop Alamany High School in Mission Hills. And so you were in high school, you were a good student, and you were now also facing the same decision that Josh had come to a couple years earlier of what your higher education experience was going to look like, what sacrifices and lasting impact those decisions would have. What was that process like for you? Well, for me at the time, I had a great friend named John. Uh, He was in, he was one of the, there wasn't a really big film presence at our school, but John J. Davison, he's still making films to this day. Uh, He, he and I were like two of the only people in our school who are really passionate about film. And so he was like, you can write films. I like directing and filming them. Like maybe like. Maybe we should just like do fun projects together. So in high school, we were just making short films together. And I think one of them probably exists online. It's fine. We don't have to look at that. But I think he was one of the only people who really like saw that I would enjoy this field of work because I couldn't think of what a creative job looked like at that time. Um, And my high school didn't really have too much. They didn't really encourage that too often. They were just like, yeah, we have a really great football team and uh, great honors classes, and, but they didn't really steer me down any career path. So having Jay there, seeing that I was great at writing and needing a screenwriter was kind of how that started. And I was like, I really like writing stuff that comes to life. And that's where my passion for film started coming out. And so I was like, OK, I think I'm going to apply to film schools because this is where I find the most joy and I want to become a better 
filmmaker because Jay Jay is also kind of like you, Josh, very self-taught. Um, I haven't been in touch I've with him in a while. I've never met him. No, you have not. It's crazy. Uh, he created this thing called Prize TV Network. It was it was like a group of all our friends, like little ragtag uh, film crew. And yeah, uh, we just knew we liked making films. Uh, we went to completely different colleges, knew that we still wanted to be creative. And I really this this makes me want to reach out to him and be like, hey, Jay, thanks for like encouraging me to write. Uh, Jay, you're being summoned. (laughs) John J. Davison. Uh, And so it's funny because my parents even met him and were just like, wow, you really do like this creative stuff. I think like, hey, if you can figure out how to make a career out of it or find somewhere to go to college for it. So you applied to film schools. What film schools were you applying to? I applied to like LMU, UCLA. uh, Where else did I apply? Chapman. And you were admitted to these schools. I was. I was. You see, yeah, like anywhere that had a creative program, I tried to apply and I got in. And the downside, though, was that at the time it was it just wasn't financially feasible for me to go to any of these universities, even though they gave me grants. I will say that I guess I can say this about LMU. LMU gave me a twenty thousand dollar grant and the tuition was still going to be forty seven thousand dollars. And my parents and a, I looked at that a year. Oh, yeah. I think that was all inclusive. I think tuition back then was probably around forty two. Is this twenty? Is this twenty? This was twenty thirteen. This is why I didn't go to college. Yeah, this man. would be. So I feel like tuition tuition itself was between thirty five and like forty two, but all inclusive after room and board and all of that. Yeah, I was. Around, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. And like, my parents were like, "I'm I'm so sorry, but." I don't think that this is the right choice. And me being the high school overachiever, thinking this is how I make my dreams come true. I felt very, I felt so disappointed in myself for some reason. I was like, if only I had like worked a job in high school and made it so I could afford this. Or like, maybe I should have applied to more grants. I could have gone to my dream school. I felt like somehow I had failed. And my parents being as encouraging as they were, said like hey if you find any like summer film programs that you want to participate in after your freshman year we will fund that for you like we'll we'll support you on that and they sent me to CSUN and really encouraged me to keep being creative to join the film programs and do what I was still intending to do and I learned so much about myself that way I learned that one, I loved my professors at CSUN. I realized it didn't matter what school I attended so long as I still held that passion and still held that drive and lo and behold i found jubilee uh, i had like subscribed to their channel years ago um for a film that they did uh like it was a short film about a deaf woman uh who meets somebody on the park bench and they fall in love and it's only at the end of the film where he realizes that she is deaf the whole time and them writing letters between each other was their way of communicating their love to one another and it was just lovely and sweet I saw they were offering like a film fellowship program. Granted, I didn't know anything about what Jubilee had been up to up until then. I was like, it's a film program here, mom, dad. Do you guys think it's legit? And they supported me. They're like, yeah, we'll fund it. This is like a thousand dollars. Yeah, go ahead. Like it's two weeks. Uh, You'll be mentored. Yeah, I think this is a good idea. And so I applied last minute and. And found love. And I found <laughs> found myself and I found love. Well, so you guys met for the first time yeah. at we did. that Jubilee project. You were we in the were, same fellowship. We, we were assigned th- to the same team. And ironically, Eugene, our business coach, was the director of the program that year. Yes. So it was and just like everything kind of came full circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he put us on the same team because everyone was put into teams of four. And wow. I was assigned to be the director and Janine was assigned to be the writer. Yeah. And, uh, so even before fellowship, we were actually, he actually, I saw his application video and I was traumatized because so, it was so good. It was pretty good. And mine, my application video is me talking in front of a camera, answering questions. You can see the light change in the background of my video because it took that long for me to film this three minute you're, interview. You're, you're selling yourself short. Your video. I, so, so something people noticed during the fellowship because we all saw if they had the great idea to show everyone everyone's introduction videos um but janine's was the only video where you were exactly the same in the video where you were as you were in real life 
um, for, I appreciate that. For me, I was just trying, you know, in my video, I'm just like very professional, but in real life, I was a little goofy, you know? Um, so, but you were very, you know, genuine. Ever, yeah. So, yeah, you had no mask. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was traumatized because I saw Josh's video and it's edited with his VFX reel and his directing reel. And I'm he not had all lie. these. It was pretty dope. <laughs> it was really cool. And he also had like the stuff he worked on with Brian and Faith. And I was like, oh my God. Josh is a real filmmaker. I'm going to die. Like, I have to write for this guy? Like, I'm screwed. Yeah. And he started video calling me. And within those two weeks, all self-respect for me kind of was slowly lost. Oh, so. yes. He was a big goofball, and it made me feel so much better. And I was like, thank gosh. He was a like, talented thank goofball, God. but a goofball. Wait, is this because you developed an instant crush on Janine? <laughs> I was so yeah so so like she said uh we did I I did ask like to start video chatting early on so we could talk about the scripts you know listen I was Uh, taking it very seriously I was like oh he's really intense he wants to meet before the fellowship yeah (laughs) gotta make sure the script is down packed you know the script came out and it didn't hurt that the girl was chatting with was pretty cute so (laughs) he um, put that in his journal yeah I was like I was like, yeah, I looked at the script with this uh, Janine person. She's she's kind of cute. Damn. <laughs> oh my goodness. And um, <laughs> so then when Fellowship came, we obviously were like full work mode. We worked on the script, but when we were as we were editing it, uh, it got a little bit more lax. And I think one of uh, one the person, another person on our team, Arnold, he was like, "Do you have a crush on Janine?" I was like, "Hey, uh, let's not talk about it right now, man." <laughs> So, oh gosh, that's yeah. how everyone else could tell. Could you tell Janine? That no, I'm I was completely blindsided because I am very much like not. There was such an awkward moment in the in one of our car rides where because then you know there's oh. the cars are just trying to make conversation, right? So team leader Taylor, such an awkward person. Yeah, yeah, she was our team leader. And she was like, so what's like, she just, just made a conversation. Like what's everyone's type, you know? Cause all, this, everyone is what, was this is where right? it gets embarrassing for me. And Janine was like, yeah, I like, you know, like skinny, like nerdy Asian oh, guys. Cute. And I was just like, I was like sitting in the car. I was like, hmm. so me, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is where I'm mortified. It just, I just said whatever came to, I was like, okay, well, I really like people who are family oriented. They have to be funny. I usually go for really nerdy guys. Like, and just going back on my dating history, I was like, oh yeah, usually like very like skinny, nerdy Asian guys. And I was like, I look expected oh, no. to, you to look at me and like wink or something I was like traumatized because I was like, I'm listing all the facts of Josh and I need to stop talking now. And, and so when and they I asked, had said too much, yeah, when they asked me that question, I was just like, Girl's name Janine. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, everything in my mind was describing Janine, but I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to everyone, you know. And that I just left it at that because I was like, yeah, thanks. That's yeah. why I thought he was gonna friend zone me in 2015. That's right. <laughs> well, 20, I, I was, I think it was 2016 that you actually asked her out. No, right? no, 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 it was, it was, it was right before 2016, right actually. Before 2016, because it was, it was September 29th of 2015. Was when he asked me out. Yeah, I didn't wait that long. Okay, so then you actually asked Janine out in 2015, and I, I want to hear the story because I love okay. the story. Oh yes. no! <laughs> All right, should I tell Janine? Yeah, sure. Right, so we, after so I had moved, I'd fully moved to LA, right? And I, you know, I I didn't know a lot of people. I only knew like Brian. I knew a couple of you guys from USC. And I was obviously very romantically interested in Janine. So what I, <laughs> so I messaged her. I was like, hey, so like, uh, I'm new to LA. Do you want to like show me around, you know? And Janine was like, sure, 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 you know? So she brings the first time we, we go out to eat together. And this is like a first time really hanging out one-on-one, you know? Because during the fellowship, we're with the entire group the entire time, right? And, um... She brings me to this like ceviche place, right? <laughs> Why are you bringing it back to this, dude? It was and apparently like oh this gosh. was. She was like, yeah, this is like my favorite ceviche place, and but apparently like the chef had like changed, had left the, the <laughs> place like the, the the like the month before, and so it was like so sour. I was like, I didn't eat ceviche for like a while after that, even though I love it now, you know. And so uh, it was, and then I was just like, yeah, that was kind of weird. And it was like a fight broke out at the place. And it was like a very weird, awkward first uh, hangout, right? This is why I, I'm the and then worst we went back to the house today. and we were just like chit chatting. But you know what? It shows that we really liked each other because even after that awkward first time, we kept hanging out. So we hung out like three or four more times, right? We had like a, uh, 
a photo shoot competition in Chinatown. And uh, to Janine's credit, this is why she thought I was friend zoning her because we were like, okay, uh, the the loser of this competition, we we're going to have our friends vote who who's took the best photos, right? And so the loser of this competition, Janine was like, okay, you have to dress up as like this cartoon character from like uh, Sailor Moon, right? Um, and I was like, and she was like, what's my punishment? And I was like, okay, if, if, if you lose, uh, you have to, there's this guy, Matt, that we met during the fellowship program and he thought he had openly said he thought Jenny was cute. And I was oh, like, maybe we shouldn't put that into the podcast. Well, no, you didn't say, you're not saying his last, his last name. You know, no one knows who Matt is. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Goodness gracious. He's married now. He's great. Um, he, he's a really actually a great guy. And I was like, you have to ask Matt out. And he told me I should ask somebody else out. Yeah. In short, in short, he told me I should ask somebody else out. In our circle. Okay, but hold on. Wait. Just to be clear, I was just asking about when you asked her on a date. Yeah. You didn't have <laughs> Sorry, to give I'm going all to the, of this I'm, backstory. I'm going to the whole story. I didn't even know ceviche was like part I'm of the prequel. I'm going to the whole story. Like the pre-pre-prequel. No, this is, you're, you're getting your forward. in-depth Josh and Janine love story. And now that we're recording this, I'm like, we do have a lot of stories. We should start a podcast. You oh, should. Goodness gracious. I will help you do it. Okay, you're oh, okay. here first. Have you not get the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so long. It's so a long story short, or long story long. Eventually, <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I was like, I should probably ask her out, right? And so I knew Janine really liked puns, so we go get boba, right? And I'm about to. We were drinking, you know, just chilling, and I'm about to drive her home. But before we get into the car, I was like, Hey, Janine, uh, hold up a second, you know? I uh, have to. I have something I need to tell you. Um, you know, at Jubilee, you know, we learned a lot about being vulnerable with each other about, you know, but there's something I haven't been honest uh, with you about. And that's how I actually feel about you. And keep in mind, at this point, Janine fully thinks that I'm about to friend zone. I genuinely thought you were about to be like, hey, we're just friends. And And like, I I hope I'm fam. He called me fam. Yeah, that's all the time. It was like, hey, fam. It's like, oh, that's definitely like, I'm like fam zone. That's even worse. homeschooled. (laughs) I missed a lot of social cues. That somehow my other siblings didn't, but I don't know. Maybe it was just <laughs> so. so yeah, so so I I um, <laughs> I reach into the back of the car and I pull out a backpack and I was like, I pull the first thing out and it's a bag of dates. I'm like, this is no 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 no. Which was the first one? Calendar. <laughs> huh? Calendar. Sorry. Yes, I pull out a calendar and I was like, this is a calendar. It's got a bunch of dates on it. You know. And she was like, okay. And then I was pulled out a bag of literal fruit dates. I was like, this is a bag of dates, you know, the dates. And she's like, okay. And then I pulled out a paintbrush. Uh, all items that I got from Jane, by the way. <laughs> I was like, it's, 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 she, uh, do you use this to like date dinosaurs, you know? And I, I was like, that's, that's definitely not true. Just roll it, you know? And I was like, I think all these items would be useful if we were to begin dating. <laughs> It's worse because I have to say I said yes, and she like, like laughed at that. I was like, "You were yeah. clearly yeah." She was like, "You were like I'd like that." Did you know where this was going? No, not in the slightest. I listen. I I thought the conversation was gonna go. Hey, I think that we're just we should just be friends, and I'm sorry if I've been like leading you on in any way. And I was gonna go. Okay, no, it's fine. As everything's okay. So he like the man pulls out a bag from his the back of his seat and is like. Here's a calendar. There's dates on it. I was like, huh? What's happening? And he goes, Here, here's a bag of dried fruits. These are also dates. And I'm like, dates? And I was like, it's about the date. Yeah. And then, yeah, so obviously the paintbrush comes out. These are used to date dinosaurs. That's just not a correct statement. And then he, yep. <laughs> hey, don't, like, don't limit what archaeologists can do, man. They're very talented people. I genuinely thought that up until that point, he had been calling me fam so often. He had told me I should ask some other person out who, like, I didn't apparently even knew. It's not about the journey. It's about the destination. Oh, sure. I, I think sure. that's the opposite way around. <laughs> yeah, don't know what it... <laughs> yeah, it's very much the saying is it's not about the destination. It's the journey. It goes against what everything I've said <laughs> prior so to this. I, I don't know if you're kidding or not. No, no, I am no. kidding. I am oh, okay. kidding. I am kidding. Um, okay, great. So then you guys Start started dating. dating yeah. And then, Josh, you went to work at a company called Defy Media, mm-hmm. yeah. where we met RIP Defy. And yep. at that point, you were actually considering going back to school for VFX. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we even visited Nolan so, together. So yeah, I I was pretty lost, uh, create career wise and creatively, 
Um, I mean, you know, I can say what we did at the five. I, I did at the five was just at, I was just editing like um, entertainment news videos, which honestly was kind of fun. It was a very easy job. I was honestly able to edit with my eyes closed at that point. Sorry, Brett, no, I didn't don't want to tell you that, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he was happy with the edit, I don't Brett think he cares. and uh, yeah, and, and Adam, they were like such great supervisors, and they, I think they also the reason Defy was a, a good place for me to edit at that time, and for a lot of editors was because. The supervisors knew this was just a place people stopped by to make a little bit of cash while they tried, you know, directing or like doing an act, doing creative work that wasn't paying them at the time, you know. So I was able to make a bunch of short films with the money I got from Defy, which was fantastic. But yeah, and then um, and then I, I but I was just trying to figure out, I'm like, OK, I'm making this money at Defy. I'm making short films, not really going anywhere. Maybe I should maybe I should finally go to college, you know. And so we took a tour of Nomen, the school of visual effects, but I don't think it didn't feel right at the time because it was more geared toward like 3D artists. And I was mainly a compositor. Um, so I didn't work in 3D. I just took the 3D assets other people made and put them together, you know? So, um, and so it just didn't feel right. And, and, that, and then, it, but the, the, the way that kind of ultimately ended up was that, that yearning to like, of to find direction or to, and to eventually just be our own bosses led to us trying a bunch of different things. You know, after Nomen, we started, uh, where I was just like, okay, let's, let's, I don't care what we do. Um, if I'm not going to go to college, let's just try to be our own boss, you know, and cut this kind of like timeline wise, this is around the same time Janine had that health diagnosis that she mentioned earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I was, I was still working as a teacher still. Yeah. So I think at the time, Sorry, no, this isn't before the health diagnosis. Oh, no, this isn't around, after. The, around the same time. It's before the health diagnosis came in, but I was struggling with my health, yes. but still working, uh, still finishing college and still finishing my teaching so, job. Yeah, we tried doing like a puppet show, which failed. We, we didn't, didn't even, we we didn't even start. start. <laughs> we, didn't, right? we failed to even make the puppet. So that that's, we were going to make stopped. puppets. Yeah. As, as a, like a YouTube channel, like a puppet show that reviews movies. And then we tried. Well, I mean, coming from Defy, that's on brand with the scrapped puppet shows. Yeah, too yeah, soon, yeah. too soon. I think I, I did ask you at one point how much it cost to make those puppets that they used, because that was that was that was for our project. And then um, I think we tried. I tried like editing Fortnite videos because Fortnite was big at the time. And ultimately, all these things failed. But the mentality of just trying to do our own thing ultimately led to us uh, just starting Tubby Nugget. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it kind of worked out. Timing-wise, kind of crazy. Okay, so now I want to get into the time capsule segment where we freeze this moment in time for you guys to look back on, mm-hmm. as well as to preserve this segment of the journey in yeah. pursuing a career in film and television and, and small business and being an entrepreneur. That's so lovely. So we can start with the past. If you could write a letter with three tips for yourself 10 years ago, what would they be? You want to go first, Josh? Oh. Three tips for myself 10 years ago. I would say uh, lose the ego, you know. <laughs> You're, you know, explain to myself like, hey, a lot of, you know, a lot of your drive comes from your insecurity and you think that's going to help you succeed. And it might help you get to a certain point, but there's a ceiling to that. So, you know, lose the ego. It's actually not going to help you in the long run. Uh, second thing is... Uh, keep surrounding yourself with really good people your friends are the most important you know uh assets to your success and you might not think it at the time you might think you're a lone wolf but you actually you, you need people you need good community and valuing that community and investing in that community is the best thing you can do you know um and then third just have fun, man. You know, don't stop stressing out about the future and just, you know, trust that, you know, trust that God will like take you there, you know? Can I steal yours? Yeah, you can steal Darn, it. Darn, I wish I had gone first. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but I, it's so true that community is what saved us and saved me. Like, I think I would tell my younger self, trust people and find people who see what, see in you what you're still struggling to see in yourself. Um, I think surrounding myself with people who were easy to love and very freely gave that love back to me was 
very freeing and very encouraging and taught me to really find myself and find love for myself. Don't stop trusting in pe those people and don't stop trusting that you're like, don't stop investing in people because I think there was a period of time in my life where I was a lot more cautious about my time and my energy and my faith where I was like, I, I don't know if I trust people and I don't know if I trust these parts of myself this information with other people. I mean, for a long time, I didn't even tell people that I like, I only told one person that I liked Josh at the time because I was so scared to reveal anything about myself out of a need to protect myself. And so I think I needed to learn to be more vulnerable and be okay with like sharing things that are a little scary, especially when it means that it might help someone else. Um, that two, was that one, two? That's two, I think. Um, third? Actually, can I can I throw in like a fourth tip? Actually, so you can just steal one of Janine's. Yeah, you wow. do. Okay, here, here, here. <laughs> I'll add a fourth tip: is that uh, you, you, I think realize that you're more capable than you think. You know, because I think a lot of times you're. You know, it's easy as a creative to like feel like ah, there's so many other people doing. They're so much cooler than me. They're so much. They're doing so much mm. better. If if you listen to this podcast, you kind of know Janine and I were kind of dorky, man. You know, we're we like, still are. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, I think understand realizing your worth. You know, uh, not even related to like financial worth or whatever. You know, it's like like your worth as a human being, as a creative, uh, expressing yourself. That's invaluable. You know, and you deserve a voice. You know, an inherent. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's inherent. You have an inherent value, and and I think believing that will take you far. I think the third piece of advice I'd give my, my childhood self is enjoy yourself and making making a career out of something that brings you joy. Because I think for a very long time, I didn't think that, one, our sense of humor was very like on brand with existing media. I, like, Tubby is so much of the two of us. And we are really not that cool to my or like in my brain. I'm like, we're very goofy. We're such nerds. I don't know how we have found this much success in what we do. But the reality is I was like, ah, you got to embrace it because 10 years, 10 years ago, I think I was trying so hard to not be the kid that I currently am. I love the inner child that I embrace right now. I think I'm a lot more kind to her than I used to be. And that's part of what makes Tubby a success is that we embrace our inner children and we're okay with treating them like real human beings and understanding that everybody has that piece of joy they need to connect with. And I think that's something I would tell my younger self is like, hey, laugh at that dumb joke. You know, watch your cartoons. Do your doodles, write your scripts, because right now that's what's that's what's feeding you. <laughs> that is what is a career for you. And it's fun. And that's OK. That that is also the same thing. That is a career and you should enjoy it. Would you guys add or modify any one tip just really quickly if this was five years ago instead of 10 years ago? Ooh. If it was five so years ago? This is ago? 2018. So right before you. Trust Janine. And don't be afraid to talk to Josh. Yeah, because five years ago in our relationship, I think actually both of us work on this often where I would internalize all of my issues and think that I couldn't talk to anybody about them. But I can talk to Josh about anything. And that's, <laughs> I think, been one of the best parts of our relationship is being able to talk to each other. It's a dream team effort. Um, okay, oh, so to you. go to the present segment, these are rapid fire. Okay. And I, <laughs> Josh, for you especially, this is rapid fire. Okay. What is the best movie you've seen in the last year? Ooh, <laughs> man. I think that's an easy answer. What is it, Janine? Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> what food or drink item are you currently obsessed with? Oh, I've been drinking a lot of Celsius. I was expecting boba from at least one of you. Oh my gosh, what's oh. wrong with us? Or, We've or literally Ube. had boba like it's, ten. It's so integrated to our lifestyle. We don't even think about it. We just automatically get it. So Tubby Nugget has a drink at La Tea in, yes, they, in yes. Culver City. Mm -hmm. yeah. The ube creme brulee uh, drink is now a full-time item. Yeah. 
because wow. it was so popular. I love. And is that on the menu, or do people go specifically? And the, and it says Tubby Nugget. That's amazing. Do you guys get commission? We do. We do and I get like another example of someone who just reached out because they were kind. We, we love you, Jack. What is your favorite song right now? It's uh, it's a song Janine wrote for Tubby. What? It's called Because I Love You. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um. My, sorry, mine is like Damselfly by Loyal Carner. I just have that on repeat all the time. <laughs> I really like Loyal Carner's music for when I'm tr- I need it. Yeah, for when I need to chill out. What is the latest feature on the social platforms that you use that you have liked to play with? I love seeing people duet and sit her video on TikTok because that is wild to me. It's like our first time seeing people's faces reacting to our content. And I'm like that our audience is so diverse. You go to any of our like more viral videos and see the duets. I'm like, this is people of all kinds all around the world, all different ages. And it's crazy. But yeah, I love that feature. What is the comment from a member of your audience that has recently stuck in your mind? Oh, I have one. Okay. It was someone who sent an email like, OK, we get positive comments all the time. We don't always get the ones that are like encouraging when we're in a, in a rough place. But it was this customer who emailed like her package was delayed and I felt so bad. And so I wrote back and I was like, I'm going to refund you like 20 percent of your package and I'm going to da 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 and like we'll we'll try to get everything expedited. And she wrote back you're only human. It's totally OK. Like, I really don't mind waiting that much longer. That was really sweet of you. And just her like empathizing with me in that moment i was like i was like oh shoot that was very nuggety of you that's really sweet and like that <laughs> stuck with me it wasn't even like a comment on a post it was just directly to us and was like hey it's okay i know it feels like you messed up but you know people are human and you're okay and i was like thank you i'm gonna go cry now and you probably don't know that because this is an email so i, I never sent her that but if, hey, if you ever hear that you made me cry and thank you for for the voice of encouragement in the first long form adaptation of the tubby nugget ip who would be a dream collaborator to bring on board so actor producer editor any you know the the floor is open rebecca sugar she makes stupid universe and like i think the way that she makes her characters, they also have that same energy of like wholesomeness, but she also grip and creates beautiful music. And so I think she just would understand Tubby's tone so well. Mm. Yeah. What is another cartoon character or comic that you are enjoying following right now? Ooh, right now? Oh, we watch so many. Okay. Something that... We watch a lot of Bob's Burgers. Yes. I watch Bob's, Bob's Burgers like all the time. Um, it, I, I introduced Josh to Infinity Train. One of my favorite my animations. I need somebody so to pick it up good. and finish it because they had to cancel it. And it's, if they don't finish it, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Sorry. That's a whole thing I'm passionate about. Yeah. We love our webcomic friends. What's up, Beanie? And then Guy Kopsenbutt, who does uh, 4 a.m. Shower. And Emmy, who does... She does a ton of webcomics, but she is mainly doing um, Zomcom uh, and Axed. And so she's... Yeah, they're just... We just love our friends. What are your current interests or hobbies that you've picked up? video games for Josh and myself. Okay, going to the future segment of our time capsule. Five years from now, where do you imagine you will be living? Where? Your eyes are so wide right now, Josh. So uh, I've been spending a lot of time in the Long Beach and Torrance area because my friends Ivan and Phil, shout out to you two. Uh, They're also the reason I have a plant addiction now. Long story, but I was staying at their place like every single week while I was doing phototherapy like treatment over in Torrance. And I love both of those areas so much because it just feels like a walkable downtown LA. Mm -hmm. South Bay is amazing. Yeah, South Bay is fantastic. South Bay is where my my amazing doctors are. But yeah, I I really love that area. So I, I would love to live around there. I think Josh has mentioned that Torrance is also st- stood out to him and Long Beach for yeah. like the walkability of it all. Yeah, Josh, I mean, you guys are going to be well into marriage by that point. So Josh and Janine are currently engaged. I want to set a prediction. What's going to be the name of your first kid? Mordecai. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't let Mordecai him have that. Jackson. <laughs> he's not allowed to have that. For shorts? Oh, he can't. I Just Morty when he's in trouble. Anyone listening Morty. to this, I need you to rally and stop Josh from naming our future child Mordecai because it sounds like a super villain who is going to come and get us afterwards. So what's your pick then, Janine? I mean, I um I used to always like the names Elliot and Lily. <laughs> it used to be okay, I I don't know if Ivan knows this, but originally it was Ivan and but because he's now one of my really good friends, I can't name my child that. I mean, you could. <laughs> you could you I could. could, but it'd be really weird. Ivan with two ends. <laughs> 
name, Ivan. Our first character, like the yeah. like in the first film that we did, his name was Ivan because it was one of my favorite names, and now it's. <laughs> Maybe no, you I can't do have Ivy it. for <gasps> Ivy. I was Ooh, one of my top names. Ivy. Yeah, so Ivy, Lily, really like plants. Oh, oh my god! Nice things, Josh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there anything? Okay, so in five years, is there anything you hope will have been invented? And if you're struggling to think of anything, a good place to start might be any pet peeves that you have. <gasps> Ooh. Now I'm just thinking about all my pet peeves. <laughs> I just, I just hope. AI doesn't take over the world. Yeah. That's the only thing. I hope AI is a... This is weird, but because it's so many advancements in technology and being made with AI, I hope that it is just a very extremely useful tool that people use and not something that is uh, Take taking down society. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, something that would keep my laptop from heat overheating without like those massive fans i just think it's so difficult to clean the inside of laptops and they just <laughs> it just kills me oh i do know what i want invented a really cool like like fully immersive like vr you know where like it really feels like you're in there you oh know? with like like touch haptics like, touch like haptics. accurate t- touch haptics or just like you know i don't know like get transported to another pl- i don't know uh, it's, or you could just go yeah that's, 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 you that's could. true why go there when you could go there virtually? <laughs> I'm kidding. From okay. the safety of my room. Okay. Um, okay. The year is 2028. What is the latest development in the Last of Us TV show? <laughs> well, oh, I hope gosh. it ends because they only have a second game to adapt. It sounds like rumor is they're doing a third game. We'll see how that goes. But uh, they probably... I think the Last of Us franchise is interesting because... The first game is so beloved, but uh, a key creative guy named Bruce Straley left the franchise after the first game. And so it hasn't, I, I feel like it really hasn't been the same since he left, you know? A lot of people, more people are being introduced to it, but... Uh, okay, so in five yeah. years, it's just going to suck, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Josh, should I rapid fire? No, I can talk about Last of Us for yeah. hours. I actually can, yeah. Where can we listen to... Just kidding. <laughs> Janine, any thoughts on where The Last of Us will be in five years from 2028? Oh my gosh. If they do end up doing a third game, my thoughts are that I hope that they develop Ellie's character more and show what her life could look like. Oh, I don't know if this is a spoiler thing. Spoiler alert, just in case you didn't play the second game, but I do hope that they show what Ellie's life could look like if she changes the patterns that Joel had. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, the year is 2028. You are accepting your first Emmy for Tubby Nugget. <laughs> what do you say in your award speech? What are we doing up here? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my God, what do we say? This is why I'm so bad when you put me on the spot for any sort of public speech. I'm not surprised we're even doing a podcast because I'm like, I don't know what to say. I've always had a dream of like making a speech for a very prestigious award, but just like completely trolling it okay you know? do it right now yeah hello like, friends yeah. <laughs> thank you for this oh hey award. tubby well where did tubby come from tubby, oh, are, are you uh you you you, you this is award oh, this, this is a naughty voice right here um this is the tubby voice uh but i don't know what we're doing up here we're, we're accepting an award uh award for what um we're for uh, this the show we made did, oh can we eat it yes we can <laughs> all right <laughs> Ow, Anything? I, no, this isn't edible. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this award into Swiss cheese. Ah, no, 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 I'm still not edible. I feel like you still lied to me. No, no, you okay. lied to me. Okay, yeah, well. that's unfortunate. Anyways, uh, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Is this how your conversations go with um, James? Yeah. So often. Yeah. yeah, it's just us making voices being dumb, and <laughs> it's like really just. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. If, like, I think I feel like I blacked out during that. And I'm like, what did we just say? <laughs> Well, what do you hope will have been created with Tubby Nugget by this time five years from now? I would love it if like the first, like at least like the first season of a show came out. And yeah. so we could finally start developing more of Tubby's origin story and more of like the long form story that publishers are interested in right now. So you'd be most interested in a TV show over a film? Yeah, we're not too, we're not too picky. I think that there are both pretty viable formats for telling that story. Yeah. Okay, last question. So five years from now, I mean, you guys are engaged, getting married later this year. Yeah, we're married in October. So exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So five years from now, we're just going to put a little cassette tape in this time capsule. 
what is your message for each other? Ooh, for five years from now? Hey, nerd. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, not <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're so bad. Sometimes in serious moments, we just have to be really goofy with it. Um, I'm really glad that we've been best friends for this long. I mean, hopefully. I don't know if you hate me in the future, but that'd be really, that'd be a crazy plot twist, right? Like after seven and a half years. This all start. <laughs> It's actually 12. Isn't it 12 years by that point? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy 12 and a half year. I don't know when you're listening to this, but um, thank you for not only being my best friend, but the best partner in crime, in work and in life, because this is pretty cool being able to see you all these years later and still be able to spend this much time with you and love it. Cool. <laughs> but I'm just, all right, swapping out. See you later. There, Janine. Oh no. I'm so thankful for you and Mordecai. Oh no, there it is. Just how great of a mom you are to him. And really, he, he has a lot of your features. The moment is gone. The moment is gone. Oh my gosh, this is surprisingly nice. Sorry, Mordecai. Yeah. Okay, Josh, Janine, thank you guys so much oh, for this wonderful interview. So much good stuff and really that positive light that is so present in your work. For those who are not already in the know, where can people connect with you and Tubby Nugget online? Ooh, find us at Tubby Nugget on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube. Well, actually, it's Tubby Nug on Facebook. Sorry, it is Tubby Nug on Facebook. The... Yeah, yeah. T- couldn't get Tubby Nugget on Facebook. Wild. Yeah. Well, well, but Tubby Nug on Facebook. I think it's also Tubby Nug on YouTube, maybe. It's Tubby Nug on YouTube and Twitter. Can I get it there? Oh, Twitter or got our Twitter got banned. Okay, all right. So, so <laughs> at Tubby Nugget on most social platforms, or Tubby at, Nug, or Tubby Nug on Facebook and YouTube. Yes. Maybe tweet Elon and ask for their Twitter to be reinstated. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys, and thank you for sitting with us for this long and. Asking all these fun oh, questions. No, thanks so much for your time, guys. I know you have a ton of requests. Apologies. So amazing. Thanks so much. Bye. Here is a recap of some takeaways from my conversation with Josh and Janine. One, you have to be a good person who wants to see others succeed to attract good people who want to see you succeed. Two, business is like relationships. You get what you put in. Giving to others without expecting anything in return will resonate more than doing favors with an attitude that others constantly owe you. Three, you cannot run a business or make big decisions when you're stuck in fear mode because you'll always make poor choices out of a need to survive. When you take care of yourself and the people around you, you'll enable yourself to do the best work of your life. Four, filmmaking is a collaborative effort. Don't let pride convince you you can do it all yourself. Five, do what works. Don't sacrifice what's already working in search of other means. Instead, strategically explore new ideas with the rest of your time after doing what works. Six, money is not a solution for deep work that you need to do. Seven, your value is not based on your work or your output. Resolving insecurities and finding your inherent worth will give you freedom in your creativity, improve your decision-making, and make you a better leader. Eight, if you want growth on social media, consistency is key. Nine, you don't need to go to an expensive college or college at all to pursue your creative dreams. Keep your passion, keep creating, and look at opportunities like networking or shorter-term programs if your dream schools are not financially realistic. 10, you're more capable than you think. And 11, your worth as a human being is inherent and invaluable, and as such, you deserve a voice. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Set Path. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate it and share it with a friend, especially if you can think of someone who might benefit from the knowledge that was shared here today. You can keep up with the podcast on all social platforms at No Set Path Show or on the website at www.nosetpathshow.com. Thanks so much for being part of this community and we'll talk to you soon.